0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 Sports, formerly of Scout, uh, now all of Locked On. Today's show, we're going to finally finish the mock. Uh, we didn't have any time on Friday, so we're going to get back in there. I did post it over to the website. I ended up, uh, after my big debate, going with the Puerto Rican shortstop to the Indians. He just he checks too many boxes. I couldn't, in the end, go with Robert Ford, the outfielder, who we talked about on the show. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's in place. That is up over on—let uh, me make sure I get my website correct, uh, if I'm going to send people over there—mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. Again, as I talked about, I time is uh, is something I don't have as much of. There are some write-ups, and if you've been listening to the podcast, and even in the top of the article, I talk about, A, I'm a dyslexic, so I get a little bit nervous with my writing to begin with, and B, uh, I've done all the pics here on the podcast, so if someone is a fan of a team who I did not get a chance to write up, they can just download an episode, listen to a bit of it. I don't think I'm asking for that much. It's free content. Go and enjoy or don't but uh, either way uh, it's not like it costs anyone anything to go and uh, look at it so that is up we will get into that we'll talk about the Indians very minor addition to camp I think they are almost at max camp size right now Um, the Mets had a cut that could be an interesting player to consider and yeah we'll we'll talk mock but let's talk about the minor addition in the interesting Mets move the Indians wanted more catchers. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, right? Uh, if they're going to operate on multiple sites, they want to have multiple catching options. And there's always players out there who have some experience catching that went, it, went out and added. Ryan uh, LaVarnway, probably mispronounced it, Former, mostly known for his time as a top prospect with the Boston Red Sox. That is where he got most of his at-bats. Was a pretty hyped-up prospect for a time. It just didn't come together for him, and uh, he gives the Indians depth. He's 33 years old. That's that's all it is. You always need to have a few catchers, and he is there. Around the league real quickly, Brett Gardner back to the Yankees, Justin Turner to the Dodgers. That's interesting just because he's so bad defensively, and I don't know where they're going to play everyone. Yosmero uh, Pettit, who I talked about on this podcast, went back to the Angels. Went back to the Angels, went back to the Athletics. Who also used some of that money savings they had in their recent deal, where they got like thirteen million sent their way to go out and sign Trevor Rosenthal. So a lot of uh, a lot of interesting additions. The Mets also added uh, Tejon Walker, making the starting pitching market completely uh, bereft of talent. Yeah, there's still some players out there, and I'll be curious to see what happens. Like, where does Jackie Bradley Jr. end up going right now? But it is well, by and large kind of a a picked over free agent market. Obviously, the Indians aren't going to do anything else out there in it, but we're seeing even, and I forgot to mention, uh, you know, another player I touched about, Ken Giles, the uh, the Mariners got him, and I thought it was an interesting deal because we know he's not going to pitch this year. It's a two-year deal for $7 million. He gets $1 million this year, $5 million next year, and then a $9.5 million option in year three with a 500 k buyout if he doesn't sign and a 500k signing bonus now and that has the potential to be a great deal for the Mariners I mean there's no other way around that when you look at what he has done when things are going well I uh I think he would be a great addition to any team Uh, I know we had some issues with the before I uh talk a little bit about the mock and the the like I know we had some issues with recording I'm going to add on to the end of this show the interview between Nick Camino and Terry Francona. I finally got the raw cut of it, so I will be adding that over to uh, for at the end of this podcast because I understand that Friday's was pretty terrible quality, and I wanted to apologize for that for everyone who was listening. So I think that's most of the news out of the way. We're kind of in a bit of a lull. Uh, college baseball started, that is exciting for me, but uh, I does anyone really like? It's exciting that pitchers and catchers report and that spring training begins because it means baseball is close like that is exciting. But is spring training baseball exciting for anyone? Like it has never been exciting for me. I just can't, I don't watch it. I don't, I can't get myself interested in it. I'm not going to be tuning into those games. I'm not going to have in-depth reviews because one of the things that I always talk about is like spring training stats are the absolute worst. The Indians have 73 guys in camp. You know how many of those guys are not good, uh, not major league talent, quite a few of them. And when guys are performing against those guys, I use the word guys a lot there, but when you have uh, that high of variance, it's going to lead to some numbers that are worthless, especially in a small sample size. What's the like quote from Major League Two that uh, Willie is hitting for some power this year? Yeah, Willie's hitting for it off a guy who's going to be bagging groceries in two weeks. That's That perfectly sums up spring training. Um, it's fun and exciting that it's happening. It's not fun and exciting to watch, and the numbers are worthless. So we'll talk about it. We'll see how things go. But as of now, uh, I have other things in my life to really get super invested in. Uh, so I hope that, uh, you know, if, if it's your thing, I wish you well. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but I, I'm just going to be very honest and straightforward. Spring training is not my thing. I just don't think there's a whole lot to it. We kind of know what this roster is going to look like. I mean, we talked about my projections on the lineup. I'll project, you know, a 26-man roster in a few weeks, but I think I could probably get very close to what a 26-man roster would look like right now. There are a few battles, but I think the word few is the key thing here with the Cleveland Indians. So, you know, keep that in mind. It's going to be interesting. I think, I mean, really the big questions come down to, will they send Jimenez down? I think so. I think everything is setting up to have him Delay that service time a bit. Uh, will they send Tristan McKenzie down? Again, I think so. I think Tristan McKenzie, because of his limited innings and experience the past few years, that they might have him start the year in AAA, that he could be down there, uh, delaying his service time and also not getting the innings up, right? You know, kind of saving his, you know, his performance and uh, saving innings for later in the year, having him be maybe someone who's more of a two, three inning starter in triple a is very likely i think with him so then who, what's the rotation who's going to be the closer i think those are more the stories and things that might come out of spring training this year uh potentially who's going to be the platoon caddy for for luplo and then you know does who you know who's that going to be is that going to be Gamble? is it going to be daniel johnson uh and then who does Mike Freeman force down to AAA? Because we know Freeman's going to make this team. Is it Chen Chang who ends up down there? What are they going to do? How are they going to balance uh, the young players? You know, I think Terry Francona is a good manager, but he has a clear, clear dislike of playing young players, and I think there's a good chance when you get right down to it. You will see guys like Gamble and Freeman make this team over guys like Daniel Johnson and Chen Chang even though those players are probably better now and, and definitely have a higher ceiling just because of the whole veteran thing. And it is not my favorite thing, but we have to acknowledge that is likely to happen. Uh, in terms of closer, I am very curious to see. Uh, there isn't anyone there that's a Terry guy. Let's, let's be honest about that. He ran through all of his pen players uh, the past few years. We've seen them kind of go off or get hurt. Talked about Cody Allen's retirement and the like. Remember, he wasn't really there for like last season, so he wasn't there for the rise of Karen Chalk, and I, I would not be shocked, let's put it this way, when you're looking at who is Terry's guy, who's left in that pen, who's someone who's relied on, uh, it might be grin, and the thing about making grin your closer is, remember, closers are the most expensive player in arbitration. If you make uh, grin your closer, he's going to get really expensive next year, and he becomes a... A DFA designated for assignment candidate, and but that keeps the young players overall cost down. That's why I, I kind of thought they might go out there and try to sign someone and make that player their closer, and keep guys like Classe and Karinchak in kind of a high leverage situation, but not the closer role itself because saves equals money, and we know this team is looking to avoid uh, spending money at every turn they possibly can. Our first fantastic sponsor is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook expert. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for that 50% bonus welcome bonus on your first deposit. Built Bar. Uh, I think I'm I'm going to be in trouble. I'm I'm almost out of Built Bars. I was realizing it this week. Uh, You know, I talked about that I need to re up soon, but it's just been uh, sometimes life gets in the way, and unfortunately, life has gotten in the way of my my latest re up from Built Bar. I think I've got about four bars left. That's going to last me Monday, Tuesday of this week, and then I'll be putting in a new order. I get tired of things. I don't get tired of built bar. I am someone who does not uh, eat gluten because of what it does to my stomach. Built bar causes no issues with my stomach. The only thing it causes in my stomach is a feeling of fullness. Uh, they're great tasting. They're good for you. My a uh, little app rates them an A in terms of giving them a grade for what I'm putting in my system. And that's what's fantastic here. Great tasting product that is great for you. When you go to BuiltBar.com, you're going to want to use the promo code Locked On. It is the promo code I use because it's the best deal you're going to find to get that 20% off. You can't go wrong. Go to BuiltBar.com. Find the flavors you like. I always say go with a mixed box because then you will find specifically what flavors work best for you. Go put that order in. You won't regret it. BiltBwire.com, promo code locked on to save your 20%. Mission up that mock. Um, I was realizing, there was an um. Man, do I just like all of my ums and things. I was realizing one of the things I like to do when I write these is to always make sure every team is included, even if they do not have a first-round pick. And I was like, oh, I haven't included the Astros. Like, who is someone who could go to them Now, the Astros would have had, I think, the 19th pick in the first round this year if they had um, not given theirs up. So I'll kind of look at some things at the end and talk about who could make some sense there. But without any more vacillating, let's finish this mock-up. The Atlanta Braves pick 24 at Ryan Cusick, the right-handed pitcher from Wake, with the sleeper of Richard Fitz, the right-handed pitcher from Auburn. Braves have gone very college-heavy since the Carter Stewart uh, draft pick and failed to sign. When you're looking at, uh, you know, if they, they obviously liked that Wake program, a lot of people do. Uh, the pitching laboratory there, as it gets called. Now, Cusick might have the best fastball in this class. That's one of those things up. But I have some concerns, and then it's not great when you're uh, opening weekend— you are facing not great teams, and he did not uh, did not open well. Let's put it that way for him. A lot of guys did not have their best stuff this weekend. Uh, the rust and the layoff and all that stuff comes to mind, but you have to come out and perform better when you're facing a smaller school. And that wasn't the case. Uh, he's got plenty of time to make it up. It could become a blip that everyone forgets. But uh, as of now, Braves, Cusick, you never have too many arms. Let's see. Oh, and no, uh, sorry, my word doc decided to go back to the very top. Uh, For Oakland, I have Ethan Wilson, the outfielder from South Alabama. In my way-too-early mock, I had him in the teens. Not a great athlete, not a great defender, just seems to hit. Uh, Which may actually make him not a great fit to Oakland, but I believe, aren't they the ones who drafted Nick Lofton last year, who was, you know, more of a production over uh skills and athleticism guy now oakland has always liked athletes let's let's be honest with that that's part of the reason that uh i've often you know looked at up the middle players specifically with them uh but in this case he's just such he's performed so well one of those guys who is a borderline top 20 prospect in this class and the value in that uh is just too good i think to pass on they have gone with college performers uh time and time again and they have, then again, last year they went with Tyler Soderstrom. I know people are yelling that, and they gave him one of their biggest bonuses ever. That was more of a an oddball selection for Oakland. So Ethan Wilson on the board, it's just hard to pass uh, with the fit. I could not resist having the sleeper pick be Max Muncy, a shortstop from Thousand Oaks High School, committed to Arkansas, uh, not related to the other Max Muncy, not likely a first-round pick. But, uh, you know, it was just more something I put in for fun. But he's, I mean, he's a legitimate prospect. Do not get me wrong. More of a second-round guy, maybe a third-round guy. As of now, things can always change. Minnesota Twins, you're looking at, uh, I mean, they've, they've avoided pitching. It's kind of interesting. They've gone the other way, where we've seen a lot of teams go out of their way to add arms. The Twins seem to, early on, they're looking for power hitters, which makes sense, because power is the most expensive thing to acquire, and, you know, hitting is often easier to evaluate than pitching, and it has a cleaner developmental line. Like you can, you have a easier shot at seeing how a guy is going to develop typically as a hitter. So I had a pair of prep guys, hitters uh, Isaac uh, Pacheo, the shortstop, likely third baseman from Friendswood High School, committed to Texas. And then Malachi Knight, an outfielder from Marysville Gretchel High School in Washington, committed to UCLA. Knight is the better athlete. Uh, Pacheo is, I know I'm probably butchering it. I'm going to apologize now. Uh, he's the kind of more, well, committed Texas A&M. Ooh, that was a bad one by me there. Uh, but the he's been famous for longer. You know, he's one of those guys that, uh, man, I'm saying one of those guys. It, you know what the thing is? I have a three-year-old and she refers to all of her like action figure types as her guys. And I feel like I'm just hearing people talk about their guys all day long, and now I'm overusing the word guys thanks to that. But uh, well-known for a while, big power potential, some of the best power in the class. Uh, Infielder, which we have also seen the Twins tend to lean towards, an infielder over an outfielder, which if you've listened to the podcast, I've talked about, you know, an infielder has a better chance of moving to the outfielder and being successful. If you're already struggling in the outfield, it's like, where do you go? San Diego Padres at 27. I put Sam Bachman, right pitcher out of Miami University of Ohio, sleeper Jackson Job, right-handed pitcher from Heritage Hill High School, who I talked about in depth. I have Bachman here, but I'm starting to feel like first round might be rich for him. Which he hasn't pitched. It's nothing to do with that. It's just size and delivery concerns. Those are and command concerns. Like that that's a threesome. Plus, small school that is all going to make it hard for him to go this high. But the stuff is electric. And if you're the Padres, you could just be looking for ceiling and uh, electric type of stuff. At the same time, this, you know, as I'm looking through my mock, um, Robert, since I move things around with Ford not going to the Indians, he would probably make a lot of sense with the selection as well um, with that athleticism that the Padres have. Coveted in drafts over the years. Tampa, uh, I put Jackson Job to them with I put a sleeper of Bachman, even though I have Bachman now off the board. So that's just me uh, fiddling with things and not realizing what I had fiddled with one way or another. I f- basically flopped these picks in order. Uh, I think when you look at the fastball slider combo, you look at the RPMs, you look at the athleticism. I think and it's a clean, easy delivery. Um, I, I think Jackson Job is going to end up being the number two prep arm in this class. Chance of being number one, honestly, we'll have to watch and see, but I think he is a name to watch. I think if he's still there, Tampa loves up the middle athletes. I don't know if they'd consider Alex Mooney here. He's a, a player I've talked about before who is a bit old for his class, but, uh, has a lot of the tools that, uh, teams like when you're looking at a shortstop might be the next shortstop on the board for a lot of teams if you're looking at the prep ranks and we end with the Dodgers Richard Fitz right handed pitcher Auburn I have him as a potential sleeper up in the teens this college group because of the loss of last year um, there just hasn't been the the chances for anyone to kind of take hold of this entire class it's a lot of guys just kind of lumped together And we'll have to see who goes out there and what they can do. Uh, You know, over this past weekend, Miami and Florida faced each other. That was a really great matchup if you're looking at draft stuff. At the same time, like Jude Fabian had a terrible uh, Friday, Saturday. Jack Leftwich, who I can think back to his like high school days. You look at Florida, it's like with Leftwich and Mace, those were guys who were day two high school kids. I feel like neither have really developed the way we'd hoped. And Florida in general, it's like you go back to guys like Jackson Kowar in that big class, it's like Kowar had the better stuff than Singer in my mind, but he never quite developed it. Florida kind of like had that peak where they were it, and then it hasn't really worked. If you look at Vandy, Vandy was the same thing. It's interesting to see, I don't know if it's you know um, not being able to get the same caliber of talent or losing coaches or what happens where the development seems like unbelievable and then it slows a bit. Left which got uh blown up in that second game. That's why he came to mind. Mace had a good Friday. But it's uh you know, Mace is another guy who could slot into the back of the first round here. Gunnar Hoagland at Ole Miss is the sleeper pick, as I mentioned there. Richard Fitz, it's we I talked about Sam Bachman not that long ago. It's we need to go out and see these guys. Uh, I think it's is it Joe Rock, the pitcher at Ohio? Like I wanted to see what he could do and man, he was everything the scouting report says, electric and points where you didn't know where that ball was going to go. So it's, we're kind of at this interesting point in general, when I talk about the mock and I talk about these college players where they all are kind of clumped. We're waiting to see them. We're waiting to get more information rather than summer ball, which is useful, but that's (laughs) typically, you know, most, I would say like 40% of the puzzle for teams um, and that's a high end one. That's like when you look at a team like the Indians in 2019, who it seemed they went out of their way to target players who excelled in the Cape and then didn't have strong junior years. Uh, it was an interesting approach by them. We'll see how it plays out. You know, again thanks to the loss of last year, we really don't know uh, how it's going to play out. But you know, the summer has become such a bigger part of this class. Jaden Hill was another guy. He had a uh, really strong performance, limited innings, limited pitch count, and we'd like to see more. We don't know who's going to step up, who's going to step out. Any mock right now, my own included, you may not expect me to say this, is kind of crap because we don't have the knowledge we typically have. Uh, It's a good starting off point. That's what I always say. A mock right now isn't about correctness. A mock right now, when I sit down and talk about these players, if you're someone who's listening, you're like, why did I listen to three shows if this is crap? Well, it's not so much about trying to predict where guys go. If you've been listening to this mock, it is you're hearing the analysis history of what teams do, which I think is useful. And then you're finding out about players that maybe you didn't know, or you're finding out more about them. And I think that is useful. As the year goes on, I'm going to be finding out more about all of these players. That's how it goes. But this gives you a baseline. It gives you some names, gives you some information, and I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll, uh, on tomorrow's show, I'm going to attempt to predict what the bullpen and the starting rotation is going to look like. Uh, It could be an interesting uh, grouping if you've, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier on the show today, I am not sure who the closer is going to be. I don't think it's going to be uh, either the young players who have that uh, high ceiling upside because of cost. Uh, and I mentioned, I don't think Tristan McKenzie breaks with the Indians. So there'll be some, some definite talking points to talk about on tomorrow's show. So make sure to listen in. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. And for the next year, at least go tribe.
1: First at this than you are though. Trust me. <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this. Um, got it. For, on tape and it's going to air uh, Sunday night on, on channel three. All right. Okay. All right, here we go. I, I'll probably start out, you know, the first question I'm going to ask you is about you. Hey, you know, how are you feeling? A lot of Tribe fans are wondering, just so I don't throw you off, off base here. Okay. Now right, here we go. Three, two, and one. All right, we are joined by Tribe skipper Terry Francona. Always fun when we can catch up with him. And Tito, I want to start with this. Number one, first and foremost, how are you feeling? I know a lot of Tribe fans uh, are interested to, to, to see how you're doing and as we get ready for another year of spring training here and another baseball season, just based on everything you know that happened last year, how are you doing?
2: You know what, Nick? I uh, appreciate you asking. Somebody asked me last week if I thought I was 100%, and I told him not since 1981. Um, all the things from last year have resolved themselves, and which is really good. I, uh, I think you're going to see me on crutches for a couple weeks when I get to spring training. Nothing serious, um, and I haven't really mentioned it to anybody. So I'm going to kind of wait and talk to everybody as a group when I get out there, but it's nothing, nothing that won't keep me from managing the team and and it's not earth shattering. So I'll be okay.
1: What's been your assessment of this off season so far? It's been busy for you guys. Um, You know, you think about some of the moves you've made, some of the trades you've made, some of the guys you've brought in, just from your point of view, uh, what Chris and his guys have been able to do in that front office. And I know you're a part of that um, just what have you made of
2: everything? Well, and it's not just busy when you see transactions. I think a lot of times, you know, the busyness actually comes beforehand and all the work that I know the guys put in to get deals done. And, and you know, it, it, it can get pretty hectic. Um, you know, I think I give Chris and Cherny a ton of credit, boy. They They were honest and upfront and transparent early on. We knew that this was going to be a challenging offseason. And you know what? Every offseason has its challenges. This one was a little bit different. And we're trying to remain competitive in a landscape that is, like I said, is kind of challenging. Um, that's, it's going to be fun to see if we can do it. Um, we're all excited. That's, that's the one thing. And I know I've said this before. We'll never make an excuse for losing. And regardless of if we're a little more inexperienced or, or whatever the circumstances are, our goal is to win.
1: I try to say this nicely to, to some tribe fans that might just be joining us. I mean, none of this to you though, was a surprise. I mean, you think about a guy like Francisco Lindor, I mean, Tito, going into this offseason, you knew you had an idea that this was going to be a different looking club going into 2021, right?
2: I think we all did. Um, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. I mean, shoot, I've been with with Frankie and Carlos Carrasco for the last eight years. You've become extremely fond of people. Um, that said, knowing what the kind of salary he was going to command, could we put together a team that we thought could win? That was the biggest question we had. And I think the, ultimately we came up with the answer was no. So you make the best deal you can.
1: You made some moves. You bring back Cesar Hernandez. Eddie Rosario is going to be a part of your club now. Um, those, to me, Tito, don't speak like rebuilding type of moves. I mean, people ask me, Nick, is this going to be a rebuild? I'll throw it to you, Tito. But that doesn't feel like this is a team that's that's preparing to kind of go through some changes and rebuild things, right?
2: Well, I think going through changes is different, I think, than, than rebuilding. and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm thrilled that Cesar's coming back. He's quietly just such a solid teammate and, you know, can lead off or hit wherever you want him to. He catches everything in second. Just a really solid teammate. We're really excited to get Eddie Rosario in here and throw him in the middle of the order somewhere and turn him loose. So that's exciting. There are some young guys that we want to see, you know, can they do it? Because if the answer is yes – that makes us a really much better organization moving forward. And I'll give you a few names, whether it's Bobby Bradley or Jake Bowers or or uh, Yu Chang or, or Bradley Zimmer or Oscar Mercado. There's reasons to think that they can all do it. It's just for, for a lot of different reasons, it hasn't got done on a consistent basis yet.
1: And Tito, you're starting pitching. I mean, you can still make the argument, doesn't even have to be a, a big argument that you guys have the best Starting five, uh, top to bottom in this division, is that something that you can kind of not take for granted, but hold your hat on that? Hey, you know we still got a really darn good rotation here.
2: Yeah, you better believe it, and you can say it any way you want, and you kind of did. But when you're running a pitcher out there that you think gives you a chance to win every night, okay, if you're if you're scoring, we know you got to score runs, but if you're not scoring in bunches, the runs you do score are meaningful. And it means that you're in every game, and that's a that's a heck of a lot easier way to be successful than when you got to win nine to eight every night.
1: I normally ask you this question at Tribe Fest, so I'll ask it now here in, in February. Do you got the itch again? Does it feel like, hey, we're we're ready to go? Spring training's right around the corner.
2: Well, it, it better we better be because it is right around the corner. Um, I think I think being totally honest and candid. You know, we, I think everybody, myself included, was hoping when 21 came around, we'd have more of a sense of normalcy. It, it hasn't happened yet. So, again, we can either choose to whine about it or use it as a challenge, take it as a challenge, and see how good, how well we can handle it as a team. I'm pretty confident that we're going to do that, the, the latter one, and figure out a way to be successful. Is it as much fun as in the past? No, it, it's not. It's really not. But there's not really much of a choice in the matter.
1: you still feel like, I remember you said at the beginning of last year, the teams that kind of buy in, the teams that can, can, can acclimate to, to how things are right now, Um, and really make some sacrifices, they'll kind of have the most success. Is that kind of how you feel still going into 2021?
2: Yeah, I I still do. You, You give yourself a much better chance to be successful. You know, I thought last year, our guys, you know, we had one case before we showed up and then none after. And I think that really helped us during our season yeah we got knocked out quicker than we wanted to but but we still we had a pretty good season um if you give yourself enough chances and we we witnessed that in 16 some pretty cool things can happen so that's the idea now we're going to have a much longer year this year and and there's going to be other challenges that come with that so when we've already talked to our guys about being about being uh willing to make adjustments and and you know because there's gonna it's gonna have to happen over the course of 162 games with the with the COVID and everything else. So we we need to be prepared to do that.
1: Like you said, what is normal anymore, right, Tito? But when when you look at this upcoming season, do we get the feeling that it'll feel a little bit more like the baseball we're used to or are we still unsure about that?
2: Well, you know, I, I think I think spring training is gonna be certainly different than we've ever had in the past. Um you know, because we're we're going to be under some pretty strict COVID regulations. I'm hopeful that as the season gets into, you know, progresses into May and June with vaccinations and then allowing some people to come back to the ballpark, that it'll be a lot more like it used to be. Even if it's not fully, it'll still have people in the ballpark and you can take your mask off and that'll be a lot more fun for everybody.
1: And last thing for you. This central division, I, I know, Tito, you, you've talked about it before. Sometimes everyone's talking about the, the AL East, but I mean, this division, when you look at, at teams like like you and and you've got the Twins in there and the White Sox, I mean, top to bottom, this is still a strong division. Now, just what, what's your feelings on it?
2: I, I agree with you. I think it's getting tougher each year. and And, you know, some of the teams had to go through a kind of a full rebuild, but they're starting to come out of that now, and that makes it harder for us. But that's okay. I mean, you've heard me over the last 8 years whoever we're playing that team is directly in our sights and when they're not we we don't we don't worry too much about it but when we play them that's the team we put our we put all of our energy into and you're right our division is going to be better that's okay cuz we have to be better too
1: Tito listen really appreciate the time good luck at spring training and uh, with this upcoming season
2: thanks nick i hope soon we're not doing a zoom and we can actually do this in person you got it <laughs> Tito, thanks
1: so much. Thanks for the time.
2: All right, Nick. Take care, buddy.
1: We'll see you. Bye-bye.